Welcome to our podcast for College Catholics, where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. In today's episode, I'm welcoming Dr. Lawrence Feingold, and we had a conference for study and prayer in Milas Christi here in Michigan, uh, speaking all about the Virgin Mary, and the title was Behold Your Mother. And therefore, Dr. Lawrence uh, Feingold gave these wonderful talks about the Virgin Mary, and uh, yeah, they were wonderful. And uh, so I would like to share some of the ideas that he gave, especially his own experience. So welcome, Dr. Feingold. How are you doing? Very well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining us today. Uh, so just as a reminder, he's a, a professor at, uh, of theology at Kenrick Glennon Seminary in St. Louis. He has a PhD in theology. He was a, a convert from uh, atheism to Catholicism in 1989, together with his wife, while they were engaged in realist marble sculpture in Pietrasanta, Italy. So, Dr. Feingold, so what was your experience regarding the Virgin Mary um, as a convert, as, well, before converting, right? So when you, when you thought as an atheist, oh, what are these Catholics doing with the Virgin Mary? They're all crazy, or what? <laughs> no, you <know>? no. So, <laughs> and then after, as, a, as you convert it, you know? So my first contact with, with Mary was through art. So my, I fell in love with Christian art in a progressive, over 10 years. And we ended up um, through, through an art history class which I explained, I think, in a previous yes, podcast. I, yeah, well, I, and, I encourage everyone to listen to that episode. And um, so we ended up living in Italy, my wife and I, and we were always in churches, and Marian art was everywhere in Italy. And so I loved Marian in art without yet having a relationship with her. What, what did you know of the Virgin Mary as you looked at the art? What was your, oh, what is that? Yeah, so it's, I mean... Maternity is the, it's, it's unique in, in the whole history of, of, you know, the cultures of mankind that such importance is given on the mother, mm-hmm. Mary, mother of right, the, and the Madonna and child, but also, I guess, I, I don't know if, how much I understood that there's also, she's our mother as well, but right. that's implicit there. Um, so that was kind of my preparation. And then um, when we became... First time we went to Mass, it was, I think, May 1st in 1988, which was a Marian year. And when we came in, we were going to go in and pray before Mass and leave. And then our landlady came in and invited us to stay. And, so, and then there was a nun in the back who told us, this is month of May, you have to pray to Mary. Oh, so we, what is that? Yeah, we, that was what I thought. What's that? I didn't know anything about that. And, um, and then a week later, since it was a Marian year, it's the month of Mary, the diocese that were in a Pisa and our the town we were in, Pietrasanta, had a procession, a Marian procession, wow. in honor of the Marian year. And those those processions are completely different than what you see here in the U.S. That's right. Yeah, it was the, I mean, the whole parish was there praying the rosary. Yeah, um, why, why don't you describe a little bit a procession? What is a procession in Italy, of all places? Yeah, so it's public. It's on the streets. And they had um, the paint, a painting of Our Lady from the cathedral of Pietrasanta. It's a little cathedral, um, which was... Um, attributed to saving the city in a time of, I forget whether it was drought or, right. or plague. So it's in a the miraculous image. Yeah, a miraculous image of Our Lady. And they they carried it in this procession with much of the town participating, right. praying the rosary. We didn't quite, I guess, know what that was at that time. Right. But led by the Archbishop of Pisa, wearing his shepherd's mitre, carrying his bishop's um, crook, and it ended up filing into the cathedral of our little town. Wow. And um, he gave then um, um, a novena of masses that week 
um, with the homily each time on the Blessed Virgin Mary. And the first one was on Mary as the New Eve. So this was kind of the beginning of finding out something about wow. the Catholic understanding of Mary in in this larger context of um, yeah Mary in salvation history. And of those... Um... Of course, I didn't understand 99%. Right. But, but what I did understand, and this is the way God works with us, right? He... Um, he speak to us over our heads, but right. there's there's something for us to receive at that time, and right. there'll be something else for us to receive at a later time. What right. do you remember? What's stood out, or what stands out now that you remember from those homilies? Yeah, Mary as the new Eve. That was what really. What does that me. mean, Mary as a new Eve? Yeah. So, the our first parents, Adam and Eve. Right. And um, there's a um, there's a relationship. What um, so it's. She's the mother of all humanity. Yeah, right. so Eve was the mother of all humanity, but she brought death, right? Adam and Eve brought death into the world, right, through disobedience. And so the new Eve um, becomes the mother spiritually of humanity by opposition, by her yes that counters and, and reverses Eve's no. And that yes is a yes in faith to, to becoming the mother of God. In the incarnation, in the to annunciation. The yeah, right, to the at angel. the annunciation, exactly. Wonderful. Yeah. So that I I mean I You didn't that was understand the right, you didn't understand all that at the moment, right. but you now you understand what it right. meant. And then another thing that he said, which I understood less, was the need of entering into a relationship with her. That takes time, right, to build that up. So that was the beginning. But we still had problems because um even though I mean growing up as Jewish atheist in America, it's Protestant air in much right. of a the United States. And so um despite this beautiful experience I had the typical Protestant kind of um, questions and difficulties. Um, and so we ended up becoming Anglican, but um, in Italy of all places. But um, that experience had um, put seeds that then um, blossomed. Grew and blossomed yeah, later. That's right. Yeah. So, what would be your experience today now that you're not only convert, but you're also teaching theology to seminarians. That right, so priests, I teach a Mariology class. And you teach a Mariology <laughs> class. So what is, so obviously um, it's not enough to know and study right. and read about the Virgin Mary. You have to somehow practice that devotion. So what right. is, how does uh, your devotion, uh, this is a personal question, but I think okay. our listeners will appreciate knowing that you're so uh, knowledgeable about theology that it's still, our devotion has to be simple, right? So, and devout. So how, right. so what's it, your devotion okay. like to the Virgin okay. Mary? So it seems to me the key thing isn't so much what we do um, as, um, I mean, it's gotta be based on a relationship of recognizing or allowing her into my life as my mother. So the key text here is from John chapter 19, Mary at the foot of the cross, right? And there's John standing there as well. And so Jesus' last words are, Woman, right? Behold your son. Son, behold your mother. And John took her into his own. And so that's that's got to be the the foundation of Marian devotion. Is that Jesus there? So that's his last. I mean, think of this. Every word that he said, hanging on the cross, was super painful. Yeah, because he would have to lift himself up on the nails in right. order to speak. And Incredible. so this is his last testament giving to John. And John, in his gospel, doesn't refer to himself by name, but speaks of himself as the beloved disciple. And that's an invitation for us, every disciple, right, to put ourselves in John's place. So Jesus' last testament, even, you know, 
after, so the night before it was the Eucharist, but on the cross itself, it's his mother giving his mother to us. And, but our responsibility then is to take her into our own. So that's got to be the heart. And everybody's going to do that differently, right? To take her into our own is to take her into my life and recognizing that she's my mother, that she loves me, and she's, she wants my good, and therefore she doesn't want my harm, right. which comes through sin. And, um, and she's going to be a huge aid for anyone and for me in, um, in living that relationship with her son, right? So just as another, so that's the key text. Another key text is John 2, the wedding at Cana, right? They've got no wine. Mm-hmm. So that's also, that she's interceding for me. I've got no wine, right? And then she tells the, right, the servants, do whatever he tells you, right? And that's kind of her legacy to us. So that seems to me that's the fundamental thing. I teach RCA, and a lot of Protestants who come into RCA, mm-hmm. they have trouble with Marian devotion because, right, that's... Right. So what would you recommend? Because I also encounter many students who are Catholic or come from Protestantism, and being in America, the mm-hmm. devotion to the Virgin Mary is by almost by second nature less than in other places, right. or less than what it should be. Yeah. So what would you recommend to a college student or yeah. young adults that you know want to grow in devotion but have a hard time right. by nature was we go more to Jesus, to God, less to the intermediary, right? Why mm-hmm. would I go to the intermediary, they say, right? right. What would you recommend uh, to yeah. do, right? Okay, so again, to, not so much of to do as to enter into a relationship. And then the doing follows. So... Um, and we'll have its strength from that relationship. Um, so I think that's what I find Protestants find most helpful is making the analogy to one's own mother, mm-hmm. right? In other words, God has wisely disposed things that he's given us a father and a mother. And yes, we can, each one of us has, you know, our own family with its fragility, its difficulties, right. but that's the divine plan for us is that we need both parents and each one gives something unique Right, and there's a maternal love that's proper to a mother, and yes, it makes sense that in the order of grace in our spiritual life, we need not only a father, and right, so we got the father and Jesus, but the and, authority and the right? discipline. <laughs> well, but we <laughs> and need the love and the protection. Right? Sure, he died for me. Right. right. So yes, but we need not only someone who will die for us, but it's fitting for us for human nature that we be loved with a maternal love as well. Right? And he's given to us his mother. Um, and therefore, I think in, in Marian devotion, that's where you start. What would I do with, what should I do with my own mother? Right, right. Call her every so often. Yeah, I ought Check to be, in, yes, I ought to, to be in regular contact with her. Right. Right, I ought to call her. I ought to share my life. And it wouldn't be right if I, there were important things in my life that I kept from her. Right, right. I tell the college students to call their mom every at least once a week. You uh-huh, know, yeah. And so some I ought do to, more, but that's right. So it's good to check in with our with Mary, right, on a daily basis. Right, it doesn't have to be a long thing, but it's from the heart. Mm-hmm. It's that checking in. And then another thing is, just as we would ask, we ought to ask, say, our mother about some you know important decisions in life. Right. And obviously, we want to ask Jesus, right, and and the Trinity. But Mary can be really helpful in coming to to see, you know, what's um, to discern what is her son's will, just simply because of her maternal way of inviting us into that. So that's got to be the foundation, and um, and then we want it's very helpful to express that in some way that um, 
So the rosary is my favorite. That's my Marian devotion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the family rosary. I find that's such a helpful thing. So I pray that. Um, we have an empty nest, my wife and I, and so we pray together. We pray together every day. That's awesome. The rosary. And to make yeah. time for that. And that's a, I mean, the family that prays together stays together. Absolutely. And this family includes our, our mother, Mary. Right, right, right. Yeah, and for also for college students, I think it's um, when you feel alone in mm-hmm. college, there's many times that all the friends, I know students that even with many friends and they're very mm-hmm. popular, they, they feel personally alone, mm-hmm. right? And I encourage them to not only have a relationship with Christ, who is there present in the Eucharist mm-hmm. for them, but also the, with the Virgin Mary, that reminds you that we're never alone because right. she intentionally appeared in Lourdes and Fatima and so many places to remind us that she is conscious, she's aware of our concerns, and she is concerned for our well-being, right? That's right, and nothing happens in our life that she's not concerned about, right? That she doesn't um, care about. Joys, she loves them, right? And the Mm -hmm. difficulties, she grieves with us. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you very, very much for all these uh, good recommendations and uh, advice. Um, we'll keep you in our prayers and we'll continue to ask Our Lady to protect you and your family. Uh, So thank you everyone for joining us today in this uh, episode about the Virgin Mary. Um, Please make sure you follow us on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts and uh, also share this uh, good episode with other ones, with other friends that you have so that they may benefit as well. Thank you very much for joining us today and may God bless you and we will see you next time.